Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. are here. You are the faithful few. God is going to bless your life unbelievably because you are in God's house on Memorial Day weekend. I believe it with all my heart. Anybody in the room lost a loved one in war, in battle, in um, fighting, right, or in service? Okay, there's a few of you. Good grief. Thank you for them, right? Thank you for those family and friends to celebrate the freedoms that we have. I have an American flag hanging on the front of the parsonage. I declared um, that we are American house. Uh, that's the church's house. Um, so I hope that's okay with the elders. But we're, we're, we're proudly waving um, old glory there, right? And I can't seem to get it from like not wrapping around the pole. Anybody else have wind at their house, right? Uh, panhandle, right? Welcome to the real world. And and so I'm not exactly sure how to do that. If you have a solution to make it stop, Evan, if you would come and fix that for me, that'd be great. Thank you. I like to call people out because I have a microphone and you don't. And so it's it's a good it's a good weekend, right? So glad you guys are here. Um, have you ever seen the movie Okja? Have you ever heard of the movie Okja? A-K-J-O-K-J-A, Okja? Do not waste your time. <laughs> Several years ago, I think it was 2017, we had heard about this movie, Okja, and somebody recommended it to us even, and we rented the movie, and we watched this movie, and it's the worst movie ever made. Right, you may have your own version of the worst movie, but let me just tell you what this is about. So, this this little girl um, has a genetically altered pig. Have you anybody seen it? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, no, (laughs) so bad. She has a genetically altered pig. It's weird, right? And so they're running some contest to find the best altered. Genetically altered pig, right? So weird. And so this little girl, um, her pig gets entered in this contest and her pig, Okja, wins. And they take Okja away and they, they flee. With, and this little girl's grown up with this pig, right? You're already in tears going, what is the redeeming value of this thing? And then you keep going and she rescues the pig. And then the pig gets taken away again. And then some other little pig couple gives Okja their baby alter, genetically altered pig. Are you following me? Me neither, right? They give her, they give Okja their little baby altered pig. And then as they're walking away, all the other pigs that are going to slaughter are going, like they're moaning in agony. And we're in tears by this point, 
right? Because we've wasted our time. No, we're in tears because now we feel sorry for these pigs. It's the worst movie ever. Do not, I gave you all you need to know. I'm so passionate about it because I'm angry. (laughs) Not just that we wasted the time. Who thinks up these stories, right? Clearly it's people who have trauma in their own lives. They're the only ones that would make up stories like that about an an altered pig and then they're all going to die and they moan and make adult humans cry. So stupid. But for one moment, we crawled into this space with a genetically altered pig, not even knowing why, because it touched something in our hearts. Well, you just learn to hurt for others. Maybe it's because, maybe it's because we love our dogs so much. I don't know why, but it just plucked a string in our heart. Have you ever had that happen? Can we at least connect on that level? Not about Okja, but just about pain in your life and then feeling that pain for somebody else because you've, you've been through hurt and loss in your own life. Let's talk about that this morning. We've been walking through leaving a legacy, and I shared from the beginning that leaving a legacy is not really the point, but leading to something is the point of legacy. We want to lead the people we love to something of value, of worth, something eternal, not just being good people, but learning what it means to walk in the steps of Jesus and leaving a legacy of faith that lasts eternally, right? So that's where we've been through this. So I want us to talk about the legacy of empathy this morning. We celebrate Memorial Day and graduation of our graduates and so many good things. The end of uh, fifth grade for elementary kids going into the real world of junior high, right? We have so much to celebrate this time of year. I've heard about your vacation plans, some of you, and what you're doing this summer, places you're going, the dadgum Browns overtaking a transatlantic cruise. We hate them, right? We don't, because I know they're watching. They're not. (laughs) Family reunions, sweet things happening in our lives. We have much to celebrate. And so to talk about empathy would not be complete if we only talked about suffering with people. We're going to get there, and I'm going to show you how. First, let's talk about the word empathy. Like, Where does it even come from? What is empathy? Empathy for us comes from uh, a, a German word, Einfühlung, which really comes from Greek word, two Greek words, M and pathos. M and pathos, which literally translates for us in feeling, meaning I'm going to crawl into your feeling with you. So empathy and sympathy are not the same thing. You know that, right? Sympathy is, I know you're hurting. I feel for you. Man, I hate that. Empathy is, I know what that pain feels like. And so I hurt with you, not 
for you. I hurt with you because I've gone through that myself. And it's painful. That's what empathy is generically. Scripture gives us a beautiful feeling, a beautiful understanding, a beautiful capture of what it means to step into the hard place with someone and feel what they feel to walk with them through what they're experiencing because God has walked us through something to prepare us to do that with them. That's a biblical understanding of empathy. We go through the things we go through in our life, the loss, the hurt, the pain, the feels. We go through those in our lives to prepare us to be a voice of hope for others. There have been things in my life that I would not, could not describe. I would not. In fact, I've said it a hundred times about some things I've been through in the past. I don't ever want to go through that again. But there's more to that. I wouldn't trade it for the world because of the way God formed that in me to be able to walk through your hurt, your pain, the things you're going through. I know what it means. I know what it does to your soul to walk through the heart. And so do you. You understand. You've been through hard stuff. We're going to get to more of that in a minute. Um, Empathy gives us the ability to recognize that pain so that we can have not just compassion for others, but we can have godly compassion. Where do we get that? It only comes from one place. Walking through the struggle. (laughs) Right? But where does the overcoming, like the overcoming we just sang about, where does that come from? Look at Isaiah 61 with me. We're going to spend some time in Isaiah 61 this morning. Two verses. Two very powerful verses. Isaiah 61.1 tells us, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. The Spirit of God is on you because God has anointed you. In Isaiah's case, it was to be a prophet of the worth and the mouth and the heart and the soul of God to the people of Israel. For you, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon you because the Lord has anointed you when He set you apart in the name of Jesus. If anyone is in Christ, he, she is a new creation. The old is gone and the new is come. Why? Because now you are a voice of hope. You are a flag-carrying, name-bearing, image-bearing child of God. And He walks you through the stuff of life to make you prepared to be a voice of hope for others who walk through the stuff of life. It's a great promise. And we all get to wear that as children of God. To bring the good news to the poor. That's not just a financial awareness statement. The good news to the poor, meaning anyone short of the glory of God. 
It's where we all find ourselves. It's the life we live, all short of the glory of God. But to be poor in spirit is not the same as to be poor economically. Maybe it is someone who's poor economically, but more importantly, their spirits are poor, short of God's glory and his perfect plan for their life. We are image bearers anointed to bring that good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Have you ever been so broken and sad and distressed and discouraged? You just needed someone to crawl in with you? We've been there. You've been there. In fact, it wasn't too long ago, I remember us being at such a low place and people would say with great intention, God has a different plan for your life. Dude, I'm going to punch you in your larynx, right? What we needed was someone just to crawl in with us and say, I'm so sorry. We love you. Here if you need anything. We've learned lessons from that to make sure we don't just get Jesus-y on people. But instead, I'm so sorry. I'm praying for you. If you need me, I'm here. Period. (laughs) That's how we help the brokenhearted. I'm going to stand up for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to be right here if you need me. That's what it means to bear the anointing of God, to be a voice of hope, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to help people find freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The only way to know true freedom is to have your eyes open and see the King of glory who crushes the head of the enemy and destroys the captivity of his bearing on your life. The enemy wants to hold you prisoner to your wants and your joys and your needs and your happiness or unhappiness. He wants you to think that your circumstance is all you've got. And it's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Jesus is the conqueror of all that. And so we help proclaim liberty to the captives. By what? By being anointed by God to carry that word, to tell that story. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then a little life from heaven filled my soul. You remember that? No? It's a good one. The truth is, the truth, Ashley's like, don't ever do that again. (laughs) Joe Tindall can pull that off, right? That's not me. All right. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound, Jesus set us free. Free us to do what? To carry the anointing. to help the poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, those who are after us going through the hurt and the scary and the closed in and the dark and the captivity and the brokenness and the isolation and the fear and the doubt and the sadness and the loss. We get to go into their lives to step into their lives and tell them that this is not all there is. There's more waiting for you. 
And it's the glory of God alive in you. To empathize means I know where I've been and I know what Jesus has done for me. And now I stand in an imperfect place ready to help you see that light. And together we're going to walk in the name of Jesus in glory and freedom. And so we tell our children, we teach our children, we show our children the way. We enjoy that. We get over the bad, over the old, step into the new, and we lead people into that freedom. That's what it means to empathize with someone because there's more, there's better waiting. Nobody did this better than Jesus, amen? Does anybody else struggle with this a lot where you go, yeah, but he's Jesus. (laughs) Fully God. No sin. Of course he did it right. Well, that's not a burden. In fact, just the opposite. It's an invitation. Because Jesus Christ, the incarnation, Jesus stepping out of heaven into earth to become fully human. And we can debate all day long, whether Jesus made mistakes as a kid, like as a carpenter's son, did he cut wrong angles and wrong, right? Did, did he make, did he, did he get out at kickball or because he's God, he never got out. You with me? Did Jesus make mistakes? I don't know. We can debate that, but here's what we know because he is who he is, fully God, fully human. He abandoned his rightful place at the next, the side, the hand, the righteous place next to his father. And he came to earth and he became human to experience all the things we experience as humans. He did that so that he can empathize with us. You with me? Jesus as the creator of all things known, he had all the sympathy in the world for you and me. Our hurt, our loss, our mistakes, our sin, our failures, our terrible choices. He had sympathy for us as humans. But when he became human, then it became something altogether different. Now he's walked where we've walked. And so in places like Matthew 9, Jesus is, you know, he's, he's just, he's watching the people. He's, he's preaching. He's performing miracles for people. And, and then we read Jesus sees the people. He sees the temple. He sees the things that are happening and he has compassion for them. Why? Because he knows their hearts are full of sin and they're suffering and struggling because of Sin in the world and death and dying and all the things that hurt humans' hearts. He got it. Or Luke 7. You remember the story of the widow and her son? He's dying and Jesus sees him and it says he was filled with compassion for her. But what does he say? He says, don't weep. Don't cry. This is going to pass. I don't know about you, immediately I start thinking, so many questions come up. I start thinking, okay, when? I mean, is he, how long is he going to live 
And then how long is it going to take for me to go through all the stages of grief before I can finally maybe accept what's happening here? It's not what he's saying at all. Jesus is just about to heal her son. (laughs) He knows what she doesn't know. Remember the Lazarus story? And Jesus, they, they beckon Jesus to come because Lazarus is dying. And before Jesus ever gets to Lazarus, he dies. And then he stops and looks over the city. And some of you have this verse memorized. John eleven thirty five, 35, right? Jesus wept. So for so, so, for so many of us, that great joke, you know, I've got a verse memorized, Jesus wept, right? We think that's funny. And it is, it's hilarious. But that tells such a powerful story about the heart of Jesus. He knows his friend, his brother has died and he just stops and has compassion for them. Why? Because they hurt. Why? Because he knows hurt. Why? Because he's fully human. Why? Because he's fully God. He has empathy for them. Jesus did it better than anybody. Does that mean that we can't live up to that standard? Absolutely not. It means we are commanded, challenged, loved, given the anointing of God to have that kind of empathy. We can have empathy because we know what it means to suffer. What it does not mean is that you know what it means to suffer about the same thing I'm suffering about. It doesn't have to mean that. You can suffer because I'm suffering or I'm hurting. You can hurt because I'm hurting because you know hurt as well. You don't have to hurt about the same thing I hurt about to show me empathy. We hurt because we lose. Loss is loss. If you've ever lost a dear friend, you know the hurt and the pain, the agony of what it means that they are no longer on this planet. It doesn't mean that I have to have lost a dear friend in order to understand your pain. Maybe my mom died. Maybe my dad died. Maybe my uncle that I love, maybe somebody I love so much in my family died. I know your loss. So biblical empathy means not just, oh, I'm so sorry. It means I'm going to crawl in with that person because I know the loss, the searing pain of hurt and rejection or abandonment or bankruptcy or divorce or custody battles or, you with me? I crawl in because I've experienced loss on a deep, deep level and I am for you. That's what it means to hurt, to suffer, and to show empathy for someone else. Now, let's move on to verse 2 of Isaiah 61. And here's why. Because empathy is not just about hurting 
or loss or sadness or depression or fear or doubt or anything we've talked about. Empathy is also a celebration where I get to step into your life and praise God for the things you're praising God for because I too have felt his goodness in my life. So look at verse two. Verse two says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. That sounds a little like sketchy, eerie, creepy, like like fighting, death, destruction. It's not. It's God's victory displayed clearly on earth. The day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. I get to step in with you when you celebrate because I know what it feels like to celebrate. Empathy's not just sad, it's also joyful. We get to experience the goodness of God's favor on this earth. And when you experience God's favor, I'm going to celebrate with you. And I need you to celebrate with me. And then we as a church, we're going to celebrate together. And then we as a church are going to celebrate with God's kingdom when we see things go well and right. To celebrate with empathy means when you need to be reminded that God is still in control in your life. I'm going to step in with God's joy and say, keep going. Don't stop. You got a little bit of light here in your life. Let's celebrate that. You and I both know it's so easy when things are going difficult and then we get a little bit of life, we say, I okay, this is good news, but I'm not, I mean, the, you know, we're not there yet. This, we're not done yet. I'm not sure how much hope I can put in this. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You've all been there where you've been through something difficult and you see a little bit of success, but you're not really ready to let go of the hurt because you don't know that this is going to stay. Are you with me? Phrases like don't give up become cliche in our world. Don't stop fighting until the fighting stops, right? Phrases like that, we, we, they become cliche. And for us, what you and I need to remember is that Jesus Christ, his plan has been almost completely revealed to us. The only thing that remains is his return to this earth to declare victory once and for all for you to know it. He already knows it. You just don't know it. And sometimes we live like it's still out on verdict, kind of waiting to see when he's going to come. Is he going to come before the rapture, after the rapture? Is there a rapture? What is a rapture? We start asking questions, right? I'm telling you right now, your eschatology does not matter. It does not matter if your 
firm belief and your foundation is Jesus Christ is coming because he said he's coming. We can debate all day long whether you're a dispensationalist or whether I'm a premillennialist or an amillennialist. Who cares? And quite honestly, I care about you and I want to have that conversation with you. But at the end of the day, I don't care what you think if you think your way's right. Let's just talk about Jesus coming back. We have empathy for each other because as children of God, we're all going to be a part of that story no matter what it looks like. And we have something to celebrate. You have something to celebrate right here, right now, in this day, not only because a conquering God is coming back to declare his vengeance upon all those who did not, will not call upon his name and worship other gods and do not live according to his word, There's some scary stuff going on in our world right now. I don't know if you've paid attention, if you read the news, and you can get all wrapped up in that as well and decide and determine what God is and when He's coming and He's going to turn, and you know, we're Sodom and Gomorrah and He's going to destroy us. And... But when your eyes are firmly fixed on Jesus Christ, who is the key bearer to the kingdom of God, and he will have his justice. And if you are a child of God, you get to be a part, a major part of that story. Why? Because Jesus said so. (laughs) And so for the people in our lives, whether they experience big victories, a house sells in Odessa, and that's a Praise the Lord, hallelujah, right? Your marriage gets restored and saved by the mercy of God. You have joy in a circumstance where otherwise there is no joy, where it doesn't seem There's an apparent joy, but you are keeping your eyes on Jesus. And so you're able to keep your head up and keep praying and keep going. We celebrate that with you. (laughs) And so I'm I'm just going to ask you right now, those connect cards in the back seat in front of you, those connect cards, when God does something good in your life, put it on that card. Let us know. Please, that's not just a place for Grandma Betty's dog has diarrhea, right? That's for, we want to celebrate with you. We want to pray for you. Why? Because it's a victory declaring the name of Jesus alive and active in your life, and we want to celebrate with you. Why? Because God has given us an anointed tongue to be able to understand what you've been through, what's happening in your life. And we want to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in your life and in mine and in ours. This is what it means to be the body of Christ. Right? 
So when First Baptist Church or First Methodist Church or Calvary or Trinity or any other church, when they experience good things, we're going to celebrate with them because it's the body of Christ. We're not going to be jealous about this, that, or the other. And we're not going to get upset if they're jealous and angry at us. We're going to keep declaring the name of the Lord and live for His glory and do His good work and help people find Jesus. And we're going to keep going just like we want them to keep going. Amen? Because <laughs> we love you guys. <laughs> we're on your team. I know, I know Josh Light watches our sermons every week. <laughs> I don't know that. He probably doesn't. But if he did, we're for you. Our worship team is going to come up and finish us out this morning. And I just, I want to leave you with just a couple of little thoughts and ways we can together keep going and find God's mercy and celebrate one another. First of all, Jesus Christ has been, is, and always will be the victorious warrior. He always will be. Nothing will ever change that. Instagram, Twitter, and the United States government will never, ever, ever change that Jesus Christ sits on the throne of heaven. Nobody can take him away from that. Take that away from him. Right? Live in that victory. Enjoy that victory. Even though all the circumstances of your life are not exactly what you would choose for your life, keep living in that victory. He's got more for you and it's coming. He has declared for you that everything will be made right before Him and the world we live in. Not only that, go into your world this week and be a champion of God's grace. Go tell that story. Go live as an overcomer, a recipient of the vengeance of God, not toward you, but against all the things that wanted to destroy you. Go comfort all who mourn. Be a champion of God's grace. That's a great high calling. Right? Ephesians 4.1 says, Therefore, as a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Romans 12, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Stand with those who have fallen. Right? This is our great call. Let's live that way. Let's live that way. Leave a legacy of compassion, of empathy, and of victory for others. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this is true for us. That we would walk in your steps to feel the heat of your joy to stand in the beauty of your presence. And even when things don't go our way or they don't go the way we want for others, oh God, let us remember that you are the one 
who has overcome. And your strength, God, is made perfect in our weakness. So let us help and fight for one another. Let us stand with and encourage one another. Help us this week to be a champion of your grace. In Jesus' name. And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.